This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join our two experts for Friday. It's Trader Nick in the United States and Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Hi, Johnny. Before we preview the week ahead, I'd like to look back 24 hours and that speech and those comments from Jerome Powell. What did we learn from Jay Powell yesterday? Well, yesterday's speech was eventful to say the least. I can't even start to talk about what he had to say before addressing the crazy moment that was. You know, we had some protesters that took the stand and Jerome Powell was, again, this is the second time, I guess, in the last month that he's been escorted off the stage and he had some choice words, I guess, for the protester into his mic. It was an interesting uh, ordeal. But despite the uh, drama there in terms of what he said monetary policy wise, It was, and I think it's a little bit of a head game that we saw from the Fed speak that we heard, because basically the Fed has seen some progress and they may have let a little bit of the cat out of the bag with what they said last week. There was a big reaction in markets to the jobs numbers, as well as Jerome Powell sounding what many deem to be less hawkish. And I'm doing air quotes because you can't see me, but the less hawkish tone may have let the markets get ahead of themselves, at least in terms of what the Fed may have wanted to see. So there was this sort of backstep in some ways. We saw the S&P 500 take a bit of a dip during this time. We saw the NASDAQ, of course, the indices across the board, see some pressure. But I think now as we record this podcast and we go through everything that's happening on the indices side, we see the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 right back up today. My speculation is that the Fed may not have liked the market's reaction to all of that softening tone, and they might be afraid that that could reverse some of the effects that the yield rise that we've seen uh, has had. And so again, they don't want things to run away from it and, and actually get back into problem territory. So there was a little bit of defensive tone. We talk about this often on the podcast, just the idea that In order for the Fed to get what they want, sometimes they have to talk it into existence to the market. And um, like I said, I think that there was maybe a reaction in the markets that the Fed was a little bit concerned about. So they tried to stay defensive. But as we speak, it sounds like or seems like with the markets trading up today again, that it wasn't enough to truly squash out the hopes for potentially that soft landing idea that we've been discussing. Do you think there's anything to add to that? Did I miss something on on what was happening uh, yesterday from JP? No, I don't think you've missed anything. Um, I think you've covered everything really well, to be honest. And the only thing that I would add really is that what I've learned this week is that the Fed is basically dictating its commentary on what bond yields are doing ultimately. It just seems like a very strange approach. I think it's never sensible to be this obsessive around what the markets are doing over the short term. And yet they went from being extremely hawkish after the meeting before last, talking up the prospect of another rate hike. On the dot plot, there was another rate hike in there. So they'd gone very hawkish and then the bond yields spiked. And then all of a sudden the rhetoric became, well, we might not need to do one more because bond markets, financial conditions have tightened and that may have basically done the job for us. 
And then Bond yields decline because their commentary becomes less hawkish and they become more hawkish again. It feels like they're trying to be too controlling and I just don't think that is a good approach and I don't think it's a, a very transparent approach. If they are that sensitive to small moves in bond markets in terms of everything they're going to say, then there's just going to be no consistency from them because bond yields will spike when they become more hawkish and they'll go down when they don't. So I, I find it a very strange approach, but this week we've just seen it in abundance. Either policymakers say we may need another rate hike or in the case of some of them, even even saying they think we will need another rate hike. We're just going back and forth now, and frankly, it's a bit boring to hear because it's not actually offering any insight. It doesn't really tell us anything about what they're going to do. Uh, and I think maybe what we've seen this week in particular is indicative of what happens when there's no data. We just hear a bunch of people talking for the sake of talking, almost saying whatever's relevant to that particular moment, but not really offering any insight because I really don't feel like we've had any insight this week. Thankfully, we don't have to wait long for another batch of data that can give us something real uh, and significant to talk about. And of course, next week, we've got some important US data out, both the CPI and the retail sales. What are markets expecting for CPI? I think if you're looking at CPI next week, it is the last piece of data I think that the market's really looking to in terms of confirmation for what we saw last week. NFP, right? We had jobs numbers that showed cooling. Wage growth was was acceptable. And then you had, again, that, that less hawkish Fed sound from Jerome Powell. But I think now the market's if you've looked at them in the last few days, they've been kind of consolidating. I think it is kind of gearing up for that confirm or deny in the form of a hard number. Again, I think markets were looking at the, the Fed speak that we got on, on Wednesday and Thursday this week for any solid foundations, but they didn't really get anything really truly solid. I think when it comes down to a number, you know, we as humans, we can understand a hot inflation number or a, a cool inflation number. It's very, very straightforward. And I think that from, you know, all the on the fundamentalists, all the economic, you know, numbers side, that's going to be kind of your next key catalyst, as Craig was mentioning. I think that is what the market is paying close attention to next. And it will somewhat confirm or deny the progress that we've seen in the labor market last week. Uh, with with the jobs numbers, that CPI number coming out cool, showing the continuation in the disinflation trend uh, is going to be big. Now, you also mentioned retail sales. That's huge, too, because if you're somebody who is in the, the camp of a potential soft landing, which is where I generally find myself, um, then you would hope that also that, that the statistics for the consumer can hold in there, that the, that the consumer doesn't just roll over and die along this, because that would, of course, hint more towards recessionary fears. So I guess if you're someone that is looking more hopefully towards a soft landing, you would be kind of anticipating that disinflation trend to continue giving us some cooler numbers. I think it's 3.3% is what's expected for headline CPI. Uh, that's coming down from 3.7, which was the previous report. And in terms of retail sales, if you get some, uh, some you're expecting some cooling probably across the board in economic data. But the question is, and, and I've, I've made this point on my own shows uh, recently, and I think it's important that we talk about it on the podcast too. I think the next battleground for bulls and bears if not already here, is just really getting into the discussion of, is this going to be, obviously economic data starting to cool, but is it going to turn into 
the the bear's case more of, of saying, well, it's going to cool a lot more than people think and it's going to become crushing? Or is it for the more bullish side of the camp, is it going to be mild cooling and the economy is going to hang in there? I think I find myself, like I said, a little bit more in the latter, but the bears certainly will make a point that we've never had such fast rate hikes. And I think, again, you start getting these numbers, you look at the CPI number, I think it's probably, it's very much expected to cool. If you get that cooling, um, again, markets may may be hopeful, but it reminds me a little bit, Craig, of this idea when we had in 2020 uh, and 2021, so much stimulus came into the market and it was so much optimism around it. But at the whole time that you had all this stimulus, there were the bears who were saying, yeah, but this stimulus is going to come with a huge backdrop. And in that case, they were actually very much right. There was some delayed, terrible effects of all that money printing that that caused markets to be pretty rough. We saw stock market down, NASDAQ was down like 30% at one point. So I wonder if there's a similar situation happening, Craig, in this, this current environment where now the bears are saying, of course, that, in, that inflation, sure, it might come down, but it's going to come down further than you think. And there may even be recessionary problems. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, right? I mean, we all want to see inflation come down. That's the main goal. That, that's what will enable the Fed to cut interest rates. It's about what the price is going to be in order to achieve that. I think the realist, like you say, soft landing, sure. But a soft landing, I think, could also, may also be a mild recession, which is fine. I mean, I think it was highlighted, I think maybe it was Andrew Bailey this week, that, uh, or one of his colleagues, that basically it does, a mild recession is not, that bad yes it's it's the dreaded r word but there's literally basically no difference between zero to zero percent growth quarters and two minus point ones they were talking very marginal differences ones to find a recession and i think it might just take a mild recession just to really get that inflation number sustainably back to target and enable the labor market to create a bit of slack and enable wages to grow at a sustainable pace consistent with two percent and enable uh demand to weaken enough to get inflation back so almost the ideal bull scenario is that kind of flat growth to mild recession that can deliver what we need uh, at the same time as, as you say not being too crushing but obviously that comes a risk so when you're trying to achieve that there is the risk that you go too far unintentionally because of unforeseen consequences uh, and that's where the bear case arrives so yeah as you say when we're looking at this data uh, i think the cpi number coming at 3.3 or below would be really really positive the retail sales figure we have to remember these are monthly readings so it's forecast for minus 0.3 uh but last month was 0.7 so it can be volatile what's interesting is that uom consumer sentiment number today right i mean it missed quite a lot to the downside still high it's still above 60 but it missed by around almost three points so i mean this is a bit a significant miss there's not always a direct uh significant correlation between surveys and hard data so it will be interesting to see how that translates through but it does suggest that consumers are becoming a little bit more apprehensive maybe they've burned through that pandemic savings pile what's left of the pandemic savings is probably in the kind of upper end of the kind of income spectrum so the people with lower propensity to spend uh rather than the people with a higher propensity to spend uh so it's going to be interesting to see if we now start to see that knock on into retail sales. And it's not just the US as well. It feels like the US and the UK are mirroring each other next week. We've got CPI in the UK next week and retail sales as well. Probably a very different story. UK CPI expected to drop a lot because of base effect from energy and oil, uh, like household energy and also oil prices last, last October and 
CPI is expected to drop from 6.7 to 4.7. So now getting into, we can now see the light at the end of the tunnel territory. If we see that beat again, then I think that will have a big uh, impact on UK markets in particular. And then UK retail sales as well. The consumer is not particularly healthy at this point in time. Some of the recent data we've seen suggests that people are either feeling the the pinch uh, from uh, uh, fi- from a finances perspective, or they're kind of preparing for the festive period and reining in spending now. So it's going to be interesting to see if that message comes through in the UK retail sales figures next week too. And we had some earlier data today, didn't we, uh, Craig, with the UK economy failing to grow between July and September with higher rates hitting growth. Forecasters suggest the economy is set to be stagnant for several months yet, which would suggest, yes, rates high for longer, but no actual rise in rates. Yeah, I mean, the economy's basically been stagnant for quite a while now. I mean, even going back to, say, the second quarter of 2022, we were looking at minus 0.1% growth. We've basically floated around zero for some time, uh, and now we've actually hit zero. We haven't had any growth now for quite a while, and... Based on the Bank of England's forecast, I'm sure most people would agree we're probably not going to see any growth for the next 12 months or so. So we are going to be at risk of that mild recession, which we talked about. But again, this is just the cost of high interest rates, ultimately. So it's not really a surprise that we've seen that 0%. And I don't think see things changing that dramatically. And I think the data next week may actually start to reflect that. And again, like I say, if people aren't spending, then the economy won't grow. That's as simple as that. Nick, Craig, thanks very much for joining us uh, today and we'll speak to you again next week. Thanks, Johnny. Cheers. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.